This morning, we are continuing on now in, in, in our main um, series for 2019 that we're calling The Reset. And uh, if you're not familiar with uh, us or haven't been around, this is a series that is really all about getting us back to the, uh, the, the basics, to the essentials, getting us reset, refocused, realigned with the, the foundation of our faith. Uh, in, in Jesus Christ and, and his mission to us that we find in the great commandment where, where Jesus tells us to love God with our all. We heard that this morning already. Uh, and to love others and, and the great commission which tells us to go into all the world and make disciples of, of all people and at baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Spirit and teaching them to obey, Jesus says, everything that I've commanded. And we've talked uh, for some months on loving God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we've just recently kicked off uh, talking about relationships, that part where Jesus says, and, and love one another. Uh, and so last week, Brandy gave a great message talking about the church and our relationship with one another as the church. And this morning, as is fitting for a dedication morning, we're going to talk about family, okay? So I got a lot of kids in here. We're going to talk about family. If you would, stand with me. Um, I want to pray for us as we get into God's Word, and we're just going to ask God to speak, okay? So, so one of the things that's awesome, I believe, about God is that, that God isn't distant, God is present, God isn't far away, God is near, and Scripture tells us that as we draw near to God, that God draws near to us, and God gives us His Word so that we can know Him, and God desires for us to know Him. And so what we do is we pray and we ask God, would you come and would you speak? And, and then I invite you to ask the Lord just to speak uh, to you this morning. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this day. Thank you for every single person that's here in this room right now. God, God I thank you that whether we know it or not, God, that, that you saw this day coming long before we ever got here, that we're not here on accident, that we're not here by mistake, but Lord, you intended that we would be here right now for this moment, this time, that God, we could hear from you your voice, your word spoken to us. God, that you could do your work in our hearts and our lives. And so, God, I just invite you this morning, uh, Lord, to speak and to minister to every single heart in this room. God, I pray that as we open your word, Lord, that, that, that you would just reveal to us your truth, your character, your nature, your ways. God, we need you this morning. God, we need you, and we want to hear from you. Could you just take a minute wherever you are and just invite the Lord to speak to you? Just tell him, God, I want to hear from you this morning. Uh, God, God, I want you to speak to me this morning. God, I want to know your voice and what you have for my life. God, I just pray and ask that, that every set of ears in this room would be open to hear from you, God, that every heart would be open to receive of you today. God, that not one of us would leave here having not encountered you and your word to us. So Lord, come, have your way. God, speak to us, minister in us, Lord God, and may we be transformed and changed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. May I have a seat? Um, so we're talking about family this morning, and I thought maybe uh, a good way to start would just be sharing mine with you, uh, my family. This is uh, my family here. Um, this is a picture from uh, one of our trips this summer. Um, that, that beautiful lady right there is my wife, Tony. Um, Tony and I have been, been married for 19 years, and um, my wife is, is one of the strongest, uh, smartest, uh, most sacrificial and honest and beautiful people I've ever, she's just all around better than me, okay? 
Um, that's my wife, Tony. In the middle is my daughter, Olivia. She just turned 12 yesterday. Um, yeah, happy birthday, Olivia. I don't know if she's in here somewhere. But, um, you know, Livy is my firstborn. She's responsible. She's like preteen. She's into like preteen stuff like shows and clothes and all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, my, my son, Mason, right there uh, is 10. Mason's a creative. Uh, Mason uh, loves to art and draw. He's really silly, funny. He's just gotten into baseball, and, and we love that. My daughter, Noelle, on the end, she's seven. Um, she, is a, uh, she is pure energy. Um, okay, so she is joy and, and busy, um, and she is my social butterfly. I mean, she is friends with everyone. She will talk to you. She will ask about you. Um, that's her. And then on the bottom, you can, if you can see them, are our surprises, our twins. Um, that is Judah and Madeline, and they are four, um, and they are every bit of four. You know what I'm saying? Like, they are, they are busy, and um, Judah is, is uh, he, he is like, uh, uh, he likes to wrestle and revel rouse, and, and Maddie is our lover. She is just like, man, that's a kid. If you're having a bad day, you just want to be next to her because she will love you. She does this beautiful thing where she'll just rub you like this, and then she'll just say, I'm just giving you a softie. <laughs> and, and I love softies, okay? So... It's one of my absolute favorites. And so, so, so this, is, this is my family. And as you can imagine, it's busy. There, there's a lot, okay? And, and on top of all that, my wife, is, my wife, Tony, she's finishing her doctorate right now. She just started teaching at North Central. She directs our children's ministry here at the church. Uh, we, our, our kids are in three different schools, all different kinds of activities. And, and then we labor and, uh, and love this church that, that we give a lot of our time and energy and effort to as well. And so, so I don't know if you're anything like me, but, but, but when I think even just about my family, I'm kind of like, wow, there's a lot going on, right? Like life is full. Life is busy. If you have family, and sometimes what's amazing is like, even when you're just by yourself, you're like, man, life is so full. And I think sometimes that when it comes to this idea of family, it's almost like, where do we even begin? Like, how do we even sort this all out? And so where I want to begin this morning is really where I believe uh, that God does, and that's simply to say that, uh, Neil stated this earlier, that, that to start with this idea that family is God's idea. Uh, okay, family uh, is something that God came up with. This wasn't like man was like, this would be cool, you know? So, so all the way back in the, in the beginning of time, uh, in uh, the, the Garden of Eden, when God created, he made man and woman, that was first, okay? And then he gave them this incredible commission to be fruitful and multiply, God said. And, and as Neil said, you all have done well with that one. Um, like we do, we do plenty of dedications here at this church. But, um, but, but the intention or the, the emphasis there is that this understanding of that God created family. Like God, that was God's idea. The Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 when he's praying, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name because every family started with God. Family was God's idea. It started with God as a father and then children that God created. And then God said, look, I'm gonna, I made you in my image and likeness and so you're going to be like me and you're going to also create life. It's an amazing thing that God has done and given to us. And so because family is God's idea and it's his design, family isn't ultimately something for us to do whatever we want with, but something for us to do with whatever he wants. 
Okay, so, so God, family is something God has given us to steward for His name and His purposes. Family is a big deal because nearly every other institution in society is built upon it. Uh, the early Greek philosopher Plato was right when he said that the saga of a nation, he said, is really the saga of a family written large. In other words, the story of the culture is simply a reflection of the condition of the family. Or you could say that as the family goes, so goes the culture. This is why Mother Teresa had that famous quote where she says, look, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. So when the culture is chaotic and out of order, you can trace that back to families that are chaotic and out of order. What do we do then with this thing called family? Because it matters. It matters to God. It's meant to matter to us. And and really it matters for the sake of the whole world. And so I want to talk about family from God's perspective and design and priority. And and, and I want to start with the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6. And he's writing to the church and he's talking about family and God's design for family. And, And the first thing he says is to the kids. Where's all my kids in the room? Wave your hand at me, kids. Wave your hands, okay? I want to read some. I want to read this with you. This is Ephesians 6, verse 1 and 3. It's going to be your life scripture, I'm sure. Um, but let, let's read this. Kids, read this with me if you can. Read this loud, okay? It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may go well with you, and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Let's stop right there for a second. Uh, how many of you people in the room heard this verse quoted to you growing up? Anybody? I, I heard it all the time, okay? So, like, it's like, hey, this one fits for you, okay? How, how many of you still hear this? Like, you just go, okay. Some, like, you're 30, but your mom's like, obey your mom, you know? No? Okay. Um, the, the, the reality is, is all of us, no matter how old we are, we have parents, right? Um, so, technically, all of us are children. This verse isn't saying, if you have parents, this is you. This verse is saying, if you are a kid. Okay, and literally, uh, definition-wise, that this means that if you are under the 18, and arguably, um, if you are maybe over the age of 18, but you still live with your parents, and they assume responsibility for you, and they pay all your bills, and they feed you, and do your laundry, and you depend on them, that might still be you. Okay, so like you might be over 18 still in this camp, but certainly if you're under 18. Um, God says you are a child, and his word is pretty simple to you kids. Here it is. Are you ready? Here's what God says to kids. Obey your parents. Every, every kid in the room is like, man, <laughs> I knew I should have faked being sick today. Showed up for church, right? But, but this is God's instruction to kids, okay? And that word obey in the Greek, it means okay, obey, okay? Obey means obey. No matter which way you slice it, it's obey. And, and what I, what's really important for you kids this morning for all the kids in the room, is that God doesn't ask you to obey your parents because God is trying to put a burden on you. God's asked you to obey your parents because God wants to bless you. And God wants your life to be a blessing. The Bible says that to hear that to obey your parents in the Lord, and that's the key part of this verse, in the Lord. It means that you don't obey your parents because that just they say so. You obey your parents because he said so. That, that, that you don't just do what they want you to do. You're doing what he wants you 
to do. And, and this is your assignment and your mission from God. And he gives this to you that for that one of the ways that you as a kid represent Jesus in the world. This is one of the ways that you as children, you display Jesus to the rest of the world. When we read about Jesus' life on the earth, we read about how he would regularly say, I don't just do whatever I want. I, I don't just say whatever I want. I do what my Father does, and I say what my Father says. When you obey like Jesus obeyed his Father, you represent Jesus. You're putting Jesus on display. And remember, the key to that is, is in the Lord. And that means for you kids, this is about you as kids having a relationship yourself with God. It's not about just going to church with your mom and dad. It's not about just being in service. It's about you knowing God for you. And you knowing his word to you. And for you parents, then, this assumes that you give your kids godly expectations to follow and obey. That they don't just do whatever they want, okay? Often parents, even Christian parents, we simply raise our kids the way we were raised. And we're like, well, it was good enough for me, right? Like, well, I turned out okay. That's questionable, right? But, like, but, but we say that, right? We'll be like, I think I turned out pretty good, um, Okay, but, but, but ultimately you aren't the standard. Your responsibility before God as a parent is not to raise up your child according to your standard or, or your upbringing, and, and certainly your kids aren't the standard. It's not a, to raise them up according to the culture, uh, according to media, the latest self-help parenting book, or any of these things, or, or just to like be like, well, whatever, do it your way. I hope it works out for you. Uh, maybe, you know, it's to raise them in the Lord, which means that we have to start with ourselves and, and look to Him. Uh, but, but I'll get to you parents in a minute. Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And he says, for this is right. Okay? That it's actually right to do. Yeah. So Some things, according to God, are actually right and wrong. And that, that's not a popular thing necessarily in culture, but it's true according to God. And, and for you kids, if you want to know what God thinks is right, God thinks obeying your parents and him is right. And then Paul says, in verses 2 and 3, he says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, this is pulled from the Ten Commandments. It's actually the fifth one, honor your father and mother. But, but it's important for us to note as parents and as families that, that obedience and honor are not the same thing. Okay, obedience is an outward action. It's an expression. Honor is an inward attitude. It is a motivation of the heart. I can obey and not honor. Okay, I can do something you asked me to do out here and not honor you in here. All right, anybody ever done that before? Like, I know that happened to me a lot when I was a kid. Hey, Steve, go take out the garbage. Yeah, sure, Dad. Inside, I got a lot of other things I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I did it. Because I knew, like, I didn't want the consequence, but, but I didn't honor in here. I obeyed, though. I don't, the, the progression here and the way that it's meant to work is that you have kids who start out with obedience and end in honor, okay? I, I don't start by expecting my four-year-old twins to honor me, okay? I, I do expect them to obey me, though. And the goal of obedience is that it leads to honor. Obedience is what we as parents develop. Honor is what the Spirit of God develops in them. 
Honor is, is actually a way of the Spirit in the kingdom of God. And honor is for everyone. Honor, it doesn't matter how old you are. Honor is for everyone. And the promise here from God is that if you honor your parents, not simply obey them, but, but if you honor them from your heart, if you bless them and esteem them, then God will honor and bless you. That's what God says to, to kids this morning. That, that, he says, listen, kids, obey your parents, okay? Not, not, because, not because they're so awesome all the time, right? Can I get an amen, kids? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm not saying anything. I got to go home with that later. Right? Like, but like, I know my kids would be like, mm-hmm. Like, like we as parents, like our, your parents aren't perfect and you know that. But God gave you those parents because God wants to raise you up in him. And, and so he's, he's commissioned you to obey them, both to represent Jesus and so that you can grow in him. And what about the parents? Then, then Paul flips this and in verse 4. He says, fathers, or you could say parents here, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up, he says, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. According to God's word, the primary responsibility of children in the family is to obey their parents. And the primary responsibility of parents in the family is to teach their children in the Lord. Okay? This is a commitment that that you all just heard right here. This is what we do when we have dedication Sundays. This is the invitation to parents as we say, hey, are, will you commit to raising up your children in the fear and instruction and the discipline of the Lord? And this isn't a new thing, okay? This has been something that, that God has spoke about all throughout his word and scripture, okay? In the passage that we heard from our dedication time, Deuteronomy chapter six, that's Moses all the way back in the Old Testament talking to the people of God. And he's saying, listen, I have to teach you the commandments the commands of God so not only for your sake but so that you may give those to your children and your grandchildren and from generation to generation these commands of God may be passed along our relationship with God our understanding of him our knowing of his word is never meant to be just for us God's intention is that 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 word and that relationship would be shared particularly with our children and passed from generation to generation so let's go back to that real quick. Here's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, and he gives commandments. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Now, let me just give you the main point here, um, the, the essence of this passage. And you could write this down if you're a note taker. I'm a believer in it. Take something home with you. It, here it is. The formation of a Christian home is the fruit of a Christian heart. Okay? The, the, the formation of a Christian home is the fruit of a Christian heart heart. In these first two verses, um, this is uh, what is known as part of the Shema, okay? Uh, this was a prayer that the Jewish people would pray every morning and every evening. And the Shema, that word simply means to hear. O -o only in the Hebrew, it doesn't just mean like listen, it means do, okay? So it's not just like, hey, I'm going to tell you something, hear what I'm saying. It says, hey, I'm about to tell you something. Listen to this and do this. Okay, that, that, that's what it means. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, which is basically Moses summarizing the law. He's saying, listen, 
that God is the only God. There, there are other gods. God isn't one amongst many gods. He alone is God. He is unique. He is, uh, there's no one like him. Uh, he's altogether different. He's altogether set apart. It's only him. So God isn't whatever you want him to be. He's not whatever you think he is. Oh, okay, God is who he, he says he is. He is the all-sufficient, all-knowing, all-powerful, eternal creator God, according to what he says. Okay, and, and, and Moses is saying, because he's that God, here's how you respond to that God. And he says in verse 5, he says, here's how you respond. You love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And, and for most of us in this room, hopefully that verse isn't new. Okay, like hopefully you're like, wow, that's profound. Like we, th- we've looked at this verse for like five months. Um, Okay, so, so this is also found in the New Testament from Jesus. This is known as the, the greatest commandment, okay? Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Jesus didn't just make that up in the moment. Jesus borrowed from the Shema. Jesus borrowed from the Old Testament. He reminds us the Old Testament, it, it is, it's not just some a bunch of irrelevant commands, okay? It's not this irrelevant part of the Bible that we don't really need to get into, okay? The the Bible, it's just one story of God all saying the same thing over and over again. And Jesus here affirms all of our life, all our essence, all our expression, all of our intellect, all of our strength and our will is meant to be focused on loving God. That's what we are meant to be about as parents, as families. We're people who love God, not just with our affections but with our actions and our obedience jesus said that if you love me you will obey my commandments and so the idea here is that loving god is is knowing god and his word and walking in faithful obedience to him and and then the then the idea is that you don't just do that but then you give that you impart that you impress that you transmit that to your children and how do you do that but like, how do you teach them about that? Well, verses 6 through 9 give us some examples or some ideas about that for how we are to teach our kids. Uh, uh, if you have your notes, you can write this down. Here's the first one. We are to teach them convincingly. Okay? Teach them convincingly. In other words, it has to be real for you. Those of you who know me know I love sports, okay? Like, I'm a sports fan. I grew up in a sports house. Uh, my, my dad, my brothers, we played sports all the time. We watched sports together, okay? And because I grew up in the Chicago area, we're Chicago sports fans, okay? We love the Bulls. We love the Bears. We love the Blackhawks. We love the Cubs, not the Sox, okay? But because you can't actually be a real Chicago sports fan and love both, right? Like, so, so that's an indicator of someone who's not a real sports fan. They love both teams, okay? But, but we love the Cubs, okay? I respect you if you're here from another city and you love all the teams from your city. Totally respect that. I, I don't understand the people, though, who are from a city and have teams from other cities. You know what I'm saying? A favorite team. Like, we call those Fairweather fans, okay? Like, they're not real fans. But, but if you're from another city, you love all the Boston teams, I'm down with that. Okay, much respect to you. Okay, but, but, but my kids now are Chicago sports fans, whether they want to be or not, right? Like, like that's what they get. The TV's on. They don't even know who's playing. They're like, go Cubs, right? Like, they, they, they just know. My four-year-old twins will be j- jumping on the couch. They'll be like, go Cubbies, right? My son played uh, baseball this last year uh, um, uh, and was on the Cubs for the second year, which was a win, right? Like, all by itself, his team name is the Cubs. So we're ta- watching the games and talking about the players and, and learning it, all that kind of stuff, right? But, 
And here's where I'm getting at, okay? This is what we have to understand as parents, okay, and in families. As parents, you will always transmit what you treasure. You will always give what you are passionate about to your kids. And for all the things that you can pass on, and there's lots of things that you can give to them, God says that the one thing that matters most is for you to pass on and transmit to them a love for Him and a knowing of Him and His commandments, His Word, and teaching them to obey Him and His Word. Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, uh, it says that these commandments of God are to be upon your hearts. It, it, this means that before you can teach God's word to your kids, you have to first have his word in your heart. That before you can bring the gospel to your children, the gospel has to be rooted in your own heart. Question for you parents this morning, is the gospel rooted in your heart? Is, is Jesus your treasure this morning? Have you repented of your sin and put your hope and your trust in him and his work for you? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Is your life lived for Him and His glory and His purposes according to His Word? If not, then, then what you're not going to give your kids is a love for God. You're going to give them something, but that's not it. Whatever you're going to give them will be fake because it's not real for you. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories about how, how, uh, from people about how their parents would drop them off at church and then go out, right? Like, like somehow... By, by doing, not doing that, they were going to teach them to do that, right? Like, like they would just pick it up. It's like, no, 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 You were teaching them what it's about. Teach them convincingly. If you're not convinced, they're not convinced either. That starts with your heart before the Lord and your love and obedience to Him. N notice in verse 7 it says, impress them, talking about the commandments of God. Impress these commandments, this word of God, upon your children. That, that, that word, the imagery that's, that's used there is that of a sculptor. Okay, this is someone who, this is an engraver. They're, they're etching something into stone. Okay, they're giving it its detail. I, I don't know if you know this or not, but stone doesn't get sculpted by itself. Okay, like you don't leave a rock out for a bunch of years and then you show up and you're like, oh my gosh, it looks just like my mom, you know? Like, because that's not how it works. Like it has to be formed and made and, and, and put together. Okay? It doesn't happen by accident or happenstance. And the implication here is that, that, that it's going to take some intentionality. It's going to take effort and consideration and investment for your children to be impressed, shaped, created in that likeness of God. It implies also this idea of permanence, that by God's grace, that what you are investing into those little hearts and little lives will remain and continue. And that is the goal. What we have to know is that something or someone is shaping your kids and mine. The question is, who or what will that be? What is it that they will be shaped by? Scripture says we are to impress upon the lives of our kids, the commands of God, and they are to be shaped by it, but we must first be shaped by it. So that's the first thing, teach them convincingly. Here's the second one, teach them continually. Okay, verse 7, talk about them when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. The, the idea here is just that every opportunity, there, everything's an opportunity for a teachable moment. You're at the store, you're watching TV, you're at the dinner table, you're on vacation, you're at the park. Wherever you are, there's an opportunity for you to teach your children about the Lord, 
Okay, that, that's the idea here. Teach them continually. You'll see that in the book of Proverbs. Walking through the field with his son. Hey, look at that house. Do you notice what that's like? Yeah, Dad, why, what's that all about? Well, well, a sluggard lives there. What's a sluggard? Well, a sluggard is someone who doesn't fulfill their responsibility. And that's the outcome of that. Is that who you want to be, son? That's not what I want to be, Dad. Okay, well, here's what that looks like for your life. This is this practical walking out everyday opportunity. It's about integrating the truth of God throughout every day. Here's the third thing you can write. Teach them creatively. Verse 7, tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Here's essentially where you go with that. Make teaching your kids fun. Okay? Like you've been given this primary responsibility to teach your kids about God, to teach them God's Word. Make it fun. Make it sticky. Don't be boring. Make it memorable. Okay? Make it impactful. Put some time and energy and thought into it. Kids learn in all different kinds of ways. Discover the ways that your kids learn and utilize that. Here's the fourth one, teach them conspicuously. Verse 8 says, write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Okay, in other words, make it plain and obvious. Okay, like, like let it be put on display, right? Like you, your house is a great vehicle by which you can, you can teach your kids just by having stuff in it. Right? And I've seen this in lots of houses I've gone to. Like parents will have like scripture just written like on a board or, or on, their, uh, um, on the mirror in their bathroom or you know, all these different things putting it on the door of their, their kids' rooms or, or you just have worship music playing in your house. Like there, there's so many ways that you can just display and teach your kids about God um, just simply in the everyday. Okay? So make it obvious. It's not meant to be hidden. Here's what I want to do with the rest of my time. I want to just give you what is hopefully some helpful and practical ideas for how you can teach your kids and have some family discipleship happen just in the everyday rhythm of your life and your family. And let me just say this too. If you're here this morning and you don't have kids, you're young, professional, you're single married, you don't have kids, you're empty nesters, wherever you're at in that journey, let me just say this is still for you, okay? Because God's word says that the church is a family. And so just as we talked about during our time of dedication, that there is a responsibility that all of us have to one another. It's one of the reasons why we do this together. And we stand up and we don't just say, parents, that's on you. We say, parents, that's on us too. And so we're also agreeing that we're going to help to teach and train your kids in the fear and instruction and discipline of the Lord. Okay, so this is for everybody. But I just want to give you three things maybe to use as a frame, a framework for thinking about family discipleship. And these things are time, moments, and milestones, okay? Time, time moments, and milestones. So, so let's talk about time. Uh, when, when I say time, uh, I'm talking about building intentional times into the rhythm of your family's life for the purpose of thinking about and talking about and living out the gospel together, okay? Um, if we're honest, we're all busy. And if you're anything like me, if I don't plan for some things, something else takes its place. Anybody find that to be true in your life? It's like if, I, if it's not down, something else is going to get in the way of that. So, so be intentional about the times that you have that you can leverage. I'll give you three of them. One is bedtime, okay? Bedtime is a great time considerably to leverage in your home for teaching your kids. Now that might depend on your family and your dynamics and things like that. But in my house, bedtime is one of the few times where it's kind of more quiet. Everyone's not crazy, right? Like, like we might actually be able to hear something 
from each other. Uh, and so we use that time. And that might be a time where we open up Scripture. Um, but oftentimes, it's just a moment for us to just check in and pray. And because my kids aren't all in the same room, it lets me check on them a little bit indivi- more individually. And I can be with them if they're in the room. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'll go to Mason's room. How you doing? Hey, I'm going to pray. Can I, can I just pray with you and pray for you? I just pray. For, and it doesn't have to be crazy, right? Like, you don't have to be a professional prayer to bless your kids, right? There aren't any. You just go in there. God, thank you for my son. Mason, God, thank you that you made him, that you love him. God, I pray that he would know you. I pray that he would know he's loved by you. And God, that you would just minister to him even as he sleeps and that he would know he's a blessing to this family. And just bless him in your name, Jesus. Amen. It doesn't have to be crazy. But, but you can leverage that time to minister to, to bless, to teach your kids. That's one. Here's another one. Uh, meal time. Um, I don't know if you have like planned times with your family to do meals. Uh, we try to do that as a family. We don't do it every day because the rhythm of our life, that just doesn't work. But, but we do try to have, um, mostly during the weekdays, a, a family time that is set up. We have, we have dinner together. Dinner's our time. A- and we do devotions during that time because that's the time it works. And so, so when I'm with my kids at, at the dinner table, I pull out the Bible. We're going through the Gospel of John. We're talking about Jesus. I ask them kind of some questions. And we just kind of share the Scriptures together because we're all together and we can just be in that space. Dinner, me time could be a great opportunity to leverage that time to invest into and teach your children. Uh, the third one uh, is just family time. And I, I don't know if you have any times that you just set aside just for your family. Like just, it's not about like we're doing, it's just about we're being together. For us, that's Monday, okay? Monday is, is our family time because that, that's my day off. And so, so so that's what I take. I'm saying fa- Monday is family time. And, and I'll, I'll promise you, there's not a Monday that goes by where there isn't other things for us to do. There's other things we're invited into. There's other uh, opportunities for us. But we guard that time. And we say, no, no, Monday is for family. And this is what we're doing. And you could do all, you do a pizza night, a movie night, a game night, or whatever kind of time. And just let that be a time of being together as family. Guard it. Set it aside. Make it a priority. Because one of the things that becomes awesome about that is when that's a priority for you, it becomes a priority for them. And I've seen that with my own kids where they'll have friends come to there and be like, no, nah, nah, I can't, it's family. We're doing family, you know. And, and so that's an awesome and beautiful time. Okay, so that, that's the idea of, of time. Uh, pick a time. Consider a day. All right, here, here's the second space, these moments. And this is this idea of teaching your kids continually, okay? Uh, um, sharing Christ with them continually. I, I'm going to give you just three spaces that might fit in the regular rhythm of your day. One is technology. Any kids like technology in this room? My kids love technology. Any parents love technology in this room? Yeah. Some of you parents love it more than your kids. Um, but my kids love the phone. They love the iPad. They love computers. They, they, they love whatever. And so, like, you can leverage technology as an opportunity to teach your kids. Actually, one of the things that, that my kids, uh, there, there's an app called New City Catechism uh, that, that's out. We use that. It asks 52 questions about faith and life and whatever. That, we just do one question when we're together. That's part of what we do at the dinner table. Hey, Livy, she's got her phone. My daughter, Olivia, Olivia pull out your phone. What, what's our question for today? And she shares and we talk about it. There's a scripture can read. There's a kid's version. There's all this stuff. Technology is something that you can leverage. Your kids want to be on it anyways. Uh, there's something called um, scripture typer. Um, and, and that's just like, um, like you, you just learn about scripture. It teaches you how to memorize the Bible. That, that's something you got a little kid and they just want to like, here's my phone. Go ahead. Here, take 20 minutes and, and be on that, right? Instead of just watching YouTube videos or whatever. 
technology, right? There's another thing, there's an organization called Operation World that has an app and it teaches you about countries all over the world, about the people there, about the influence of the gospel there, about how you can pray for those people. That's an awesome thing that you can use. Let your kids have that. Let them learn about the world. Let them expand their worldview and how God sees the world and how they can pray for people throughout the world. It can be 10 minutes and you have your kids seeing how God is working all over the world today. And how they can partner with the work of God throughout the world. And you can do that with media and television and all other kinds of things. Uh, but that's a simple one. Uh, the second moment that to pick, discipline. I, I, anybody have to discipline their kids in this room? No? Okay, Could email me and tell me how you do that. Because um, I would like to be a perfect parent. Uh, and my kids be perfect. So, so, but discipline's an awesome opportunity to teach our kids. Uh, Hebrews 12, 6 even says to us, for the Lord disciplines those he loves, right? And punishes each one that he accepts as a child. Discipline is, is not just something we as earthly parents do. It's something that God does in our lives. And so we aren't meant to avoid discipline. We're meant to lean into discipline for the well-being and the growth of our kids to exercise, exercise that rightly as a reflection of God. And in discipline, you kind of have all the components of the gospel, right? Like, like there's sin and, and repentance and, and there's grace and, and forgiveness, hopefully, and reconciliation. Oh, the gospel's right there. So leverage that time of discipline. And let that be a teachable moment with your kids. Uh, here's the third moment, maybe that would be good for you, is the car. Um, we, we tend to be in the car a lot. My kids are going all over the place. And I don't know about you, but sometimes like the goal is just to get wherever you're going. And, and so like, and maybe you got like a DVD player in your car, whatever, you like put something on, I just need to tune them out for, right? Like, like that happens. But, but maybe consider how that might be a moment for you with your family, where you can go, hey, let's use this to talk about something. Maybe you're driving one of your kids somewhere specific. I, I like to, if I'm taking some, somebody uh, to somewhere specific, is just to say, hey, can I just pray with you about where you're going? And, and then just use that as an opportunity to, to bless them and to minister and to ask them, you know, about like maybe how God wants to use them in the place that they're going, because God does. God wants to actually use them in the lives of their friends and the places that they're going. The car can be an awesome space of teaching your kids. Here's the last space quickly, um, and the band, Noel, and you guys can come back up, um, is milestones. Milestones. And, and the idea here is just to commemorate and to celebrate moments with God in the life of your kids and your family. Okay, so like, maybe like if one of your kids gives their lives to Jesus, like that seems like a day worth celebrating. And commemorating. Maybe it's maybe it's they they choose to be baptized. It's one of the reasons for why, why baptism Sunday and a day like today, why we give you that plaque to kind of commemorate that because that's a moment and you can speak to that moment and you can you can talk about that and and for a lot of your kids who are dedicated, they, they don't remember this day, but they'll have that. You can go back and you say, yeah, yeah, this is what that's about. This is the time where we brought you before the Lord and we said, God, we want you your hand to be upon. The, your life, and we want your life to be lived out through my son, my daughter, and we as your parents, we want to raise you to know him and to love him and to follow him. And we invited other people to join with us in that because we believe that's so important. And you can teach them in those, with those spaces. Maybe it's, it's the first Bible you get, your, one of your kids, you can write in that. Um, you, you can make a deal about that. Maybe 
it's a, it's a rite of passage kind of thing. One of my one things my older brother does, and I love it, is when his kids turn 16, he do, takes them on this little weekend. And, and he just, uh, he, he gives them some kind of token to just speak about how he sees them and their life and their future. And because um, he has five boys, so it's him and his boys. Um, but it uh, doesn't matter, boys, girls, you could do that. But, but he gives them this thing, and then he invites other people um, who have invested in their life to come um, and just minister to them. And so just to share with them an encouraging word, just to say, hey, I just want you to know, here's how I see you. I just want to bless your life. Here, here's what, here, I just want to speak this word of God over you, whatever it is. That can be a really powerful moment and experience. Uh, one of the things that our family does is, is this right here. Uh, this is our thankfulness jar. Some of you guys might remember this. We actually gave this out some time ago. I don't remember when. Um, but this is something we have on our counter. And as um, different things happen throughout the year, we just take a little note and we just write down a thank you to God. And, and, and at some point in the year, we just take them out and we read them as a family together. And we'll just say, just to re be reminded of God's goodness, reminded of God's faithfulness, reminded of the things that God is doing on our behalf and in our midst. And it's just so good to remember that together. And so those are just some ideas for you, some practical ways that you can build that. If you've if you got some great things that you're doing as a family that you find to be working, please send those to me. I'd love to expand uh, even the things that we're doing. Uh, but, but my encouragement to you parents is, is to, to love your kids enough to share Christ with them and his word to them. And, and that's the heartbeat of God is that they would know him. And, and if you're here this morning and you feel like, well, I don't feel like I've done a great job of that, I just want to remind you that God picked you for this. Okay? Like you didn't decide to be the mom or dad for your kid. He did. So he picked you. He sees something in you that maybe you don't even see in yourself. But God decided that you would be the one to help shepherd and lead them and disciple them that they might know him. So carve out some times. Be aware of the moments. Celebrate the milestones. God has given you parents and families this awesome responsibility and opportunity to share Christ with your kids. Would you guys stand with me? I'm going to close this in prayer and we're just going to close together with a, a song of worship. And, and, and let me also just say that if you're here this morning and you feel like, like, well, what happens if I feel like I've missed that already? Like maybe your kids are grown or, or they're gone and you're like, man, I just feel like maybe I didn't do that right. I, I feel like maybe... I failed in that. I feel like I should have done more to teach and raise up my kids. There's this great verse in, in Psalms that says that, that, children, uh, that, that, that the children of man, the children of mankind are like arrows. And, and, and so if it seems like you have this child who's just gotten off course and, and they're all over the place maybe and you're like, man, I feel like stomach. Here, here's what you can do as a parent. You can get on your knees before God and you can pray and you can ask God to catch them with his wind and to bring that, that arrow back into alignment and straight into the bullseye that is him. And God can do it. All of us can pray for our kids. All of us can contend for them in prayer. And so I'm just going to pray for us. I want to pray for you families and kids and parents. I'm just going to ask God to just do a work in our families and to help us, to give us the grace and the courage to lead in our homes to display Christ to our kids, to our spouses, to their neighbors. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this morning. Thanks for this time. Thanks for your word. 
And God, I thank you for every family represented in this room. God, it is true, Lord, that every family in heaven and earth, Lord, it derives its name from you. God, you are the first father. God, you call us, Lord, to be like you. Lord, to teach our children to walk with you. God, to teach our children to know you and your word. And God, I pray for every parent in this room. Lord, that first our hearts, Lord God, would, be, uh, would receive your love and your grace and your truth for us, Lord, that your gospel would be rooted in every one of our hearts, that your, a love for you, God, an affection for you would be birthed and stirred in us, Lord God, that we might teach our children to love and to know you. And God, I pray for every kid in this room. God, I pray that every, every heart of every one of these little ones, God, would be open to you. Lord, that they would encounter you throughout their days at school, in their neighborhood, in their families, Lord God. Uh, Father, that they would see you, God, working just in all different kinds of ways. And Lord, that you would be ministering to their hearts the love and truth of who you are. God, I pray that you would use our families, Lord God. May our families just be centered on you. God, that we can have uh, families that represent you, families, Lord God, that glorify you, families that fulfill our purpose and our mission in you. God, I thank you for this family, this church family. God, may we be a family together who brings glory and honor to your name, who raises up the next generation to know you. God, I pray that your word would be planted in our hearts and produce good fruit in us from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.